Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. We have a repeat guest today. We don't have a lot of repeat guests here on the show, but we've made an exception, a good one today for a good friend of mine who's been in the agency operations space for a very long time. We've had the pleasure of meeting in person at different events and has just published a new book, which you need to go if you're listening to this in the show notes, find the link, go get a copy of it right now. It's called The Sabbatical Method, and it's going to teach you how to leverage rest to grow your business. Her name is Allison Caffrey. She's uh, from a company called Operations Agency, which you may have heard of and specializes in helping especially digital and creative agencies install process and systems so they can grow and scale and get that growth without being tied to their business and have time for all the other things in life that are important. So with all of that, Allison, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Marcel. I'm super honored to be one of the very few uh, repeat guests. So I just appreciate you having me. Well, it's well-deserved. I mean, I feel like you're one of those people that I met early on when I got into this space and we've known each other that whole time and you've just continued to do what you do and go deep into operations and process and be one of those people that I can trust when we get on a call together, we're going to go full nerd mode. And I I think today will be no exception, but I've talked a lot about what you do, but I want to give you an opportunity in your own words to explain uh, yeah, who, who you serve and how you help them. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much. So I'm Allison Caffrey, the founder of Operations Agency. I serve mostly digital and creative agencies, really defrictionalizing how things operate behind the scenes. And that really usually comes in the way of just centralizing all the key company information so that everybody feels like they have access to the stuff that they need to do their job every single day. And that's really where I've built my expertise over the the last few years. Um, I've been running Ops Agency for five years, and I've been in the industry of operations for about eight. And man, have we done a lot of really fun, cool stuff like scaling businesses, launching new products and services, implanting new team members at leadership levels, and really just making things behind the scenes work. Because a lot of the folks that come to us and a lot of the workshops that I run, a lot of the folks tell me, they say, well, I got into this business to do X, Y, or Z thing, and then I ended up running a business. And so my goal and my ultimate, honestly, purpose of being here, being alive is to help make this process of running and keeping a sustainable business easier, (laughs) honestly. Well, I want to tee this episode up with some personal anecdotes. Full transparency, we we at Parakeeto have been a client of yours for some time. And you you do a lot of different things, but the thing that you do for us in particular is help us get uh, processes documented. And just I want to just describe this for everyone that's listening because it's like this thing that I wish existed that I didn't know existed until I met you. Anyone on my team at any moment, including myself, can record a loom of them doing something and they send it into this black box that is operations agency and out comes a beautiful SOP document with screenshots and detailed explanations and it's well formatted and it just appears in our company playbook which is neatly organized in Google Drive and recently we had a team member 
who announced that they were going to be going to Korea for two weeks, which is like a, the worst possible time zone to be trying to coordinate from here. And we had a meeting last week to sit down and say like, okay, let's look at all the things that you do. Let's figure out who's going to do them while you're away. And we had these beautiful SOP documents for everything that he did. There was a few missing, a few that needed to be updated. He fired those off. So your team has like a big backlog of things now that they need to do before he goes <laughs> away. <laughs> and I was just so grateful and proud in this moment because I know what it's been like to personally be going away and being worried that I was going to get pulled back in because I didn't have this stuff in place and to know what it felt like to be on the other end of that and to feel this sense of resentment towards my team for doing the thing that they absolutely should be doing, which is taking that time to, in this case, go visit extended family. Like I'm so excited and glad that he can do that. And all of this comes down to us being a process oriented company and then having the the leverage to be able to stay on top of these things, which is so important. So I want to frame the conversation with that because I think it's important to, to, to share that personal anecdote. And now I want to, to turn it over to this book. Um, what inspired the book and what is the core thesis of the book um, that you just released? Yeah. So the inspiration really came um, transparently from me uh, growing my business and taking two maternity leaves over the last three years with my kiddos. Um, you know, a lot of really great learning lessons have come from those two experiences. But when I had my first son, um, there's this lovely picture of me. I had just gone through birth. I had my son in my arms and the very next moment, um, which is not documented, usually the, the bad things aren't, um, I'm on my email and I'm checking in with clients and I'm sending voice texts to team members being like, hey, this is what we need to do here. And in that moment, it really slowed me down because I felt like a bad mom. I was like, oh man, I'm starting this off day one. My son is not 24 hours old yet. And already the priority in my life is very clearly my business. And it, it's obviously not that hard of a line in the sand. And I do want to give myself some grace for working through some of these things, but listen, it's challenging. And I think a lot of the um, things that we go through as an owner is also an opportunity for personal growth, right? I think John Maxwell talks about the leader lid and you know all of our personal development as it relates to how we show up and we grow our business. But we need to start thinking about like the ultimate question that I ask in the book is, can your business function without you? And more importantly, can it thrive without you? Right. That's that's the overarching question. And unfortunately, a lot of business owners are forced to answer this question in times where they are voluntold to take time off from the business. Right. They've either neglected their personal health or a team member ends up leaving or all of these other things that can kind of pile on them. And they're forced with this reckoning of, wow, I actually can't go anywhere without being pulled back into my business, or I want to give my team members access to vacations, or I want to be able to welcome a new team member. Or I want to be able to send another team member onto their next opportunity, but I can't access this system to be able to do that. And so that's one of the reasons, um, you know, why I thought, you know, I, I need to make this happen. I need to make sure that there is a way because we've done this with our clients. I personally did this in my own life. You know, my second maternity leave was leaps and bounds better than the first. And um, I thought, why not share this? Why not bring this to the folks who need it most, especially as we're running businesses and, and growing families and leading teams. And it's funny because, you know, your experience was family really driving the motivation to do something about this. And the same has been true for me. Like uh, when I was a bachelor, I like would work myself to death. Like I didn't, it was, it was really bad. And then I started dating my fiance, Kira, 
and we were living in separate cities for a time and she would come to like visit me and my fridge would be empty. I was like, she could tell I hadn't showered in a couple of days because like I was just a complete workaholic. And so that was the first thing to be like, I started valuing these things and investing in these things because I needed to create more time for us. And now, you know, it's the very real conversation of saying like, okay, we're starting to plan for a family. And, you know, she's, she's like, I'm not raising a baby by myself and you're on zoom for, you know, 10 hours a day. So what are we going to do about that? And so again, family is the motivator. Um, but I look back and I'm like, I wish I didn't wait this long because, you know, there's so many hobbies that I'm not doing anymore. There's so many friends that I'm not in touch with anymore. Like I'm, I've missed out. I'm just grateful that I, I found this stuff as early as I did. So I, I really resonate with the personal story. And now I want to get tactical. What is the sabbatical method? Let's talk about it. What is the secret sauce here behind that, that key idea? Yeah, totally. So the sabbatical method is basically a way to approach removing yourself from the day-to-day -day operations and spotting some of those inefficiencies operationally that can support you at the next level. Um, so what that means is very literally, right, removing yourself from some of these doing actions into more assisting actions, right? If you feel like you can't actually access, you know, a super long sabbatical or a two-week period off, right? You really are being intentional about the ways that you're removing yourself from a lot of the doing inside of the business so that we can start to address these inefficiencies operationally and lay a really solid foundation for the next phase of how things are going to operate and what you really ultimately want your role to be in the in the business right because i think a lot of us are responsive to what we have to be inside of our business right we start the business and we're the lead salesperson and then we grow our business and we're the lead marketer and then we keep growing our business and we're the lead you know fulfillment expert and all the things and we end up wearing all of the hats and it starts to get a lot and that's when things start to get really reactive. So what I want to do is flip that on the head and say, well, what do we want our role to be in the agency, right? What do we want our role to be in life and in my family? And how much time do I want to dedicate to being intentional about my relationships and being intentional in my business? And that's really what the kind of the back end, um, methodology is, right? Is it's really taking time to carve out, to not do all of the things you've been doing, kind of give yourself a promotion, right? First, and then we can start to move into taking longer term periods of time off from the business. It's so funny because I love this idea of protecting the time and then it becomes the forcing function, right? As opposed to waiting until you're like in the hospital and now all of a sudden you have to figure out how to delegate everything, yes. which, you know, We've, we've both heard that we're, we've been around enough entrepreneurs. We've heard that story more times than we'd like to admit. Isn't that it's so very, sad though, right? It I really mean, is sad, uh... right? And so this, I've had this experience personally because one of the things that I started trying to do was booking my vacation a year in advance. We sit down at the mm -hmm. start of the year and say, okay, like we're going to take a week off in August. Because what I found was if I didn't do that, I just didn't, I didn't take any time off. It was, yeah. it was never the right time. So became the forcing function. And just two weeks ago, my co-founder Ben and I were having a discussion about, you know, things that we're trying to get off each other's plates and he wants to spend more time coding. And he was like, I'm going to take a two week coding sabbatical where it's like I'm on vacation, but I'm actually just writing code. So this idea was like organically there and it's potent because it's such a great forcing function. So what is the key to successfully executing this? Because I'm sure it's very easy to slip up and totally. not allow yourself to get the full benefit. 
Yeah. So first and foremost, I mean, just like anything worth achieving in life, right? Be intentional about doing it, right? And really commit, right? Tell yourself, okay, if this is what I'm going to commit to for X amount of time, show up, do the work and make sure that you're creating some of the boundaries that you need to actually remove yourself from the business. So if you decide that you're going to take, and I mentioned this in the book, like the assister role, right? If you actually can't get out of your business for a two week time, but you can reframe the way that you interact with your team as more of an assister and less of a doer, um, then we need to show up that way in our meetings in our day-to-day work, right? We have to really be committed and kind of have that be formed as part of our identity as the new version of leader, right? That we are in the business. So first and foremost is definitely commit. The second thing that I want to just kind of paint a little bit of a picture here is like, I think a lot of folks approach a sabbatical and they think one of two things on opposite ends of spectrum, right? They think that this is something accessible only to C-suite or founders of Fortune 50 companies who have this like really long Parisian situation and they get to take six months off and go work on projects and do whatever, or it's a forcing function for a health or mental breakdown of some kind, right? Where they need to take a sabbatical that usually leads to termination, right? In their role or something like that. Mm. And so I think both ends of the spectrum are just so crazy advanced where like we feel like there's there's this, there's this part in the middle, right? That's actually super interesting that we can start to access some of the benefits of like the founder of Patagonia, he takes a sabbatical and has taken one for years. And Bill Gates has taken a think week for, you know, I don't, I don't even know since like the seventies, maybe. <laughs> and like, they're really great um, opportunities to get up above the business and really start to recognize patterns and think through, you know, operations, uh, uh, you know, overall. So my, my big keys to success here, first and foremost are to commit. And second is to start to take a look at the way your business is operating, right? If we think of ourselves, like we're performing a diagnostic in this moment, right? We're, you know, kind of really leasing ourselves from the day to day, right? Trying to see the forest through the trees, if you will, right? Getting up above the business and saying, how can I leverage this new perspective, right? Of not being involved in the day to day to be able to make higher level decisions about how we operate long-term. So we have our operation simplified framework really woven into there as well to help founders really just address some of those key critical things that could be coming up if they're finding themselves, you know, really challenged to remove themselves from certain functions of the business. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to paraquito.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Yeah. And that, that second point is so astute because it's something that, you know, I think you mentioned in the synopsis before we did this interview, which is so true. It's like everywhere you look in performance, rest is like a critical part. And I can't believe I don't say it more on this, uh, this podcast, but I'm, I'm a CrossFitter and CrossFit is the ultimate volume sport. Like the athlete that wins is the athlete that can get the most training done without injury, without delay, in you know the season leading up to the crossfit games and so re- it's actually a recovery sport 
because in order to do the maximal volume, you have to be more insane about your recovery, even than the workouts that you're doing in themselves. So if you watch interviews from Matt Frazier, who won the games five times in a row, like he's got his sleep, like totally dialed in everything he could possibly do temperature regulation, sunlight regulation, body, like body temperature, pre sauna, post sauna diet. Um, like it's just crazy. Everything that he does is focused on recovery so that he can show up and do five Metcons a day, six days a week and do that for a year and not get injured. And it seems so obvious. And yet we don't really take that lens in the business as much. And to your point, anytime I get a long weekend, even I find that I'm thinking differently and imagine, mm -hmm. you know, regularly scheduling out that time to think about the business. It's powerful. So the question I have is, leading up to that. So let's assume that somebody has successfully blocked that out. They've made the commitment. They're going to stick to it. They're going to take a week, two weeks off. It's probably pretty terrifying when you look at your calendar and you're like, oh, we're a couple weeks out from that thing. How is this long list of stuff that doesn't get done without me going to get done? What are the keys to preparing for a successful sabbatical so that you leave feeling like you got a lot out of it as opposed to feeling like uh, it's going to scar you and your team for life? <laughs> Well, first and foremost, I think going into it with just a shed of positivity and kind of just releasing that perfectionism, right? I think that all founders probably need to hear this is that, you know, we're going to do a lot of things for our business and make a lot of really cool impact in, you know, areas of our clients' lives and in our business lives. But the ultimate way to create a sellable, scalable asset is to remove yourself from it, right? And that also means removing your perfectionism, right? You need to make sure that, you know, you don't need to have your hands on every single thing for it to be done well. So let's get that like drilled super deep into our minds because even if we are tempted to open our email or we get some sort of ping on, you know, our phone or whatnot, and it's somebody asking us a question about something or there is some fire, just really show confidence in your team and tell them that they can handle those things. So the couple of things that we talk about with folks before they go out is first and foremost communication, right? So what is going on? How long is it? And what can you expect from me? Um, I usually give somebody a bat line just because that makes me feel a little bit better. And if you're not familiar with the cartoon Batman, it's usually the per the only person who can get in touch, right, is the commissioner and that's it. <laughs> and so they have the one line into the person who might be able to be tapped on the shoulder. And the person who's given that bat line also has a certain criteria of when and when not to reach out about specific things. And so that will be obviously unique to you and your agency. Uh, but some things like for me that I start to talk about, right? It's specific clients. We have some like clients that we've been working with for years. And if they have specific issues, a lot of the times, like I'll jump back in for specific stuff. And really, we just want to define the criteria there, right? We want to say, what can I be contacted by? What can't I be contacted by, right? Mm -hmm. Second thing is that the biggest habit you can build overall in your business is what you were talking about earlier, Marcel, start recording your screen. Loom is free for a short period of time. Your videos probably shouldn't be longer than five to seven minutes anyway for a key Concept. I mean, that's just like the, the way that the brain learns. And transparently, setting this up and just doing your work, I think James Clear says, like, standardize before you optimize, right? I think a lot of us, when we start to create things in our business, we want them to be the best possible that they can ever be because we want to justify the time that we spend in creating this really, really awesome thing. But what we forget is that actually our process isn't optimized yet, but it is there and someone can take it, right? And so I think. I think we also need to be okay with standardizing first. I mean, that obviously goes a little bit into the perfectionism side of things, but start recording your screen and showing what yeah. you're actually doing and just hand it off. Don't be afraid. 
that that last one is so important because I'm I'm guilty of that. I'm sure most people listening are guilty of that where you think you can't delegate it because you haven't figured out the optimal way to do it yet. And in my experience, when I've delegated something that was suboptimal, most of the time my team turned around and optimized it for me. They said, hey, thanks for this process. These things are kind of dumb. I think this is a better way to do it. They don't say that because they're, they're nice people. But um, and, and it's just the best feeling in the world when the thing that you were doing before is now getting done better. Um, and the other thing, and full credit to you for this, this was a massive unlock for us at Parakeeto because we are like, sometimes we get in our own way. Um, we were really struggling with this idea of like, well, what about these things that are going to change that aren't that well-defined, that are new processes that are on the edges of kind of what we're doing. And you shared with me the idea of principles versus process mm -hmm. and how sometimes the right thing to do is just to write down a, a short list of like what needs to be true at the end of whatever this process is going to be. And that's all your team needs to be able to like figure it out. And at the end, make sure that like the, the most important things are true that, you know, the customer's happy and, you know, the payment's been received and the thing was sent and you check this box off and how you do it. I trust that you're going to figure it out. And that was massively important because there were so many areas of the business where I felt like I had to hang on to things until it was solid enough to turn into a process. But really, all I needed to do was write down the principles and I could trust my team to take care of the rest. Mm, that's so awesome for you to share. Cause I think, especially for small business owners, I mean, it can sometimes feel like our process changes every day, but that is also in and of itself a process, right? If you have this thing that's like kind of challenging to maintain. And I talk about this actually quite often with my design agencies, right? If revisions are a big core function of how you actually operate, stop trying to optimize your client journey for no revisions, because have we ever just hit it out of the park and never had to come back with the client revision? Probably not, right? And so let's just make sure that we can accurately say, okay, well, here's how we handle revisions. And it doesn't just throw a gigantic wrench into things. And here's how we maintain our processes, right? They go under construction for an hour until we send them to operations agency, then they come back and they're beautiful, right? So I think it's really just getting used to being okay with those maintenance procedures, right? We don't cut our lawn once and then never cut it again. We got to build, build that in. So we've talked about like how to set up the sabbatical. We've talked about how to prep for the sabbatical and go into it and have some success. But there's the thing I want to talk about, which is the relapse. We've all done it, right? We mm -hmm. get out of the weeds and then for whatever reason, and I could tell you what it was for me. Um, a lot of times it was an identity crisis. I didn't know what to do with myself because I wasn't busy anymore. I was being forced to address the more existential questions in my life that this time and space was exposing to me. I didn't feel like I was adding to value to the business and too much of my personal self-worth was tied up in that. So anyway, you might need to go talk to your psychologist about this if you're listening, if you're, if you're resonating with the things I'm saying. But the relapse, how do we avoid the relapse when we come back from the sabbatical? And we've actually used it to successfully get a bunch of things delegated to the team and a bunch of systems created. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, going into this with, again, intention, making sure that we want to be able to answer, let's just say one key question, or we have one key goal for our sabbatical, right? I think that's going to be a guiding post for a lot of folks who are planning this, right? And I talk a lot about this as well. I mean, listen, the best way to really build confidence in the way you operate, first and foremost, is to start with your physical health. 
physical health, whether that is moving 1% more than you moved yesterday or start exactly where you are. But if that is the number one thing and the easiest, I think, to start during a sabbatical, if you've been neglecting your physical health, move your body and focus on what you're putting into your body as like your number one thing. Because I'll tell you what, if you've improved your overall health by 1% over a two-week sabbatical period, I think that's a win no matter what you come back to in the day-to-day. So it can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as walking in and saying, I'm going to fill my body with more whole foods, right? Very, very simple. Now, if we want to talk about some professional options, obviously, that's why we're all here. I think that ultimately what we want to do again is keep the the one thing, the one thing and say, okay, if I had this opportunity in the business to grow one area of my business or focus on inefficiencies in one area of the business, your only job is not to touch the business. It's to learn about that one thing. Get books on the matter, download audios on the matter, consume podcasts on the matter, listen to what folks are saying. And honestly, I learned this the hard way late last year as well, because I was like, oh yeah, I've got all these things figured out. We have a really tight knit service. We're really, really clear operating behind the scenes. And then I started confronting some of the other things that I wasn't good at inside of the business. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to take some time during the time when I set out to be with my son and I'm just going to listen and read. I'm just going to accept the information that is here. And then as you're at rest, you can kind of digest that information and then apply it to your own situation once you get back into the business. I think learning is so underrated and we often do it as a function of the day-to-day. And so it sometimes can feel forced, right? Like if I got to get my 10 pages in at the end of the night or I have to consume you know, 52 books in 52 weeks, right? We end up setting these really lofty goals for how we educate ourselves too as founders. And I know this because I personally do it. And really when you can sit there and just say, okay, I'm going to just let an idea come to me by consuming all the information that I feel excited to consume about the matter and fill your time. I think, you know, it's really, really beautiful to be intentional about walking away with one thing and then filling your time up to be able to do that. Because just like my kids get super restless when they don't have some structure to do things and play, right? Then the behavior starts to go down and they start to do things that necessarily we don't love them doing. So do the same for yourself, right? Treat yourself really intentionally and say, okay, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to focus on my health. I'm going to read these books and it's going to work out. The intention piece of that really, really resonates with me because I found, you know, just like you explained, something that didn't feel like it was productive before. Now I feel really good about doing because I reframed it in my mind and I set out the intention that I was going to do that thing. So like, you know, I used to find myself like watching a, a video or reading a book on a certain subject that I was excited about. And was somewhat tangential to what I was doing as, you know, I would procrastinate by doing that. And so it had a negative framing in my mind. But when you go through that intentional setting exercise, it can change it. And it makes all the difference because now you're like really at peace with how you're spending that time and the way you feel at the end of a day when you haven't like actually done anything in traditional terms, like you haven't pushed the the papers around, you haven't done tasks that are showing up in Asana, but you still feel productive because when you look at your own scoreboard for what is productive, you've met that criteria. So I, I think that's a really, really important one. Uh, and I'm glad you brought it up. So we've talked about the sabbatical. What is it? Why do we do it? How do we prepare for it? How do we go into it? How do we come back from it and not relapse on all of the things that we we used to do that kept us stuck in the business? 
any final words of advice for those that are listening and where can they go and get more information on the sabbatical method? Yeah, of course. I think just really understanding that rest is such a critical piece of high performance, one that's so overlooked. And what we ultimately don't want to do is crowd out the essential to tend to the urgent, right? And if we continue to do that, we will hit a time in our life, in our business, in our relationships where things feel like they're falling apart and save yourself from that. Do it now. And you already know, especially if you're listening to this, that maybe it's been a little bit too long since you've taken a couple days off or maybe since you've decided to kind of just press pause for a second, um, I promise that if you leverage some of these tactics, it will be a really productive time for you, um, you know, and unlock a lot of really interesting new ways of operating efficiency efficiently and um, really, really being intentional about how you run your business and your life. Um, and y'all can find us at operationsagency.com slash the sabbatical method. And the book is on Amazon, the sabbatical method, um, how to leverage rest and grow your business. All right. And with that, scroll down, check out the show notes. We'll have links to Allison's website, to the book, to LinkedIn, to more content, all of that good stuff. I encourage you to check it out. Go buy the book. Go buy the book. We're going to start a chant. <laughs> Go buy the book. Okay. No, we're not going to do that. Thank you so much for being here, Allison. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you. It was great to see you and congratulations on publishing um, you know, a tremendous piece of work and really the, all of this lifetime of knowledge that you have actually implementing these things in the wild, now finally codified in a table of pages. I couldn't be more excited. So thanks for coming on and sharing this with us. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. I love hanging out with you too. All right. And with that, for all of those of you who are listening, let us know wherever you're listening to this, what you got from the episode, leave us a comment, send us a note. We always love hearing from you and we'll see you in the next. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.
episode.